Do you think food is an important part of your travel plans? Are you curious about what a chef eats on a regular Tuesday night? Do you consider food an essential part of your self-care? If so, please join us today as we meet with my wonderful friend, Chef Roger Durkheising of Cafe Serifornia in Calistoga. Roger is a world traveler, an awesome storyteller, and makes the best huevos rancheros in Napa Valley and maybe, we think, in the world. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Fashion Adventure Beauty podcast series. I'm Lydia Zip. We love beautiful fashion, traveling with friends, and exploring and embracing the beauty in the world. In the FAB podcast series, we will shine a spotlight on everything from our favorite boutiques to the must-see sites at exciting travel destinations. Roger, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Good to see you. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about how being a chef has taken you places in the world? You know, it's, it's, I actually grew up in a restaurant business with my family. My parents had a uh, restaurant and bar called the La Playette, which is called the Play a Little, which is one of the, uh, and actually at one time was the best restaurant in Minnesota, believe it or not. And uh, we grew up in a small little town, and it was great because we grew up in a farm, we had a garden, so we had garden things for the garden for the restaurant. But <clears throat> as a child, learning how to have all the jobs from dishwasher, to prep, to cook, to bus, and everything. And then from there, I came out to San Francisco and went to City College, San Francisco, and uh, was the captain of my culinary arts team, president of my class, and uh, graduated from there back in 78. Awesome. It was great. It was awesome. It was right. And then from there, I had to go for job interviews, and I had gotten two jobs down in Pacifica, but I stopped by City College to say hi to my counselor. Well, he was on the phone with the chef from the Bohemian Club. So I, uh, he said, do you want a job? So I said, sure. So I went down to the Bohemian Club, interviewed, and the chef gave me the job on the spot. And uh, so I go into work the first day, and I go down to the locker room, get some chef pants, chef coats and stuff. And the one guy says, I said, you know where I can find pants? And he grabs pants out of his locker, and he threw them at me. He says, you can have these. This place sucks. <laughs> that was my first job in San Francisco. And, but it turned out that was one of the best jobs I had because I we did a lot of gamage platters for them, and I also you know got into learning to learn how to roast as I got promoted onto the grill, which is all about prep and setup because at those days we would do 150 on my station alone, and then I got promoted and then I got to do the more roasting and things like that, and there was a Spanish guy in there Jesse. And we were like 23 years old, right? And if we made a mistake, he would say, you stupid <laughs> And I'll never forget it to this day. Because, you know, it's just so funny because, you know, we were young guys learning how to cook better. And if we made a mistake, he would say that. But I, it always makes me laugh when I think of it. Anyway, and then from there, I ended up becoming the sous chef at the uh, Bohemian, I mean, at the University Club on Knob Hill. Worked with an incredible chef named Curtis Hintz, who took me under his wings, total professional, really just showed me everything. And uh, I really excelled there and eventually became the executive chef. And uh, that was great. I did that for like 15, about 17 years and did about 125 wine dinners from all over the world. I did the Commander Bordeaux, which is 
Rothschilds, Margot, Lafitte, the tour, and they do like a five city tour, like Chicago, LA, New York, Dallas. And I was the one chef for San Francisco. And I did that two years in a row. And that was a challenge because you have a tasting dinners, it's a seven course dinner. Everybody walks in tuxedos with medals around their, you know, chest. And that's when you call in your friends and say, hey, I've got 125 people to do a seven course dinner. And it was really cool. I got great pictures of that. Wait, what's in a seven course dinner? Uh, well, there's everything from the first course, which it could be a, a leek and mushroom royale, which is like a custard and, and uh, it's a timble. It's very light, very good, and it's also between a custard and a souffle, really. And then I put it with the beurre blanc and I did like a lobster with it. And then you do like a squab dish, and then you just progress through the menu and you go to the main course, and then dessert, of course, and things like that. But that was interesting because that was 16 wine glasses on each table, and each one had to be labeled. We had to wash those glasses each three times each before we hit the table. No scent whatsoever in the glass. That's how important it was. Anyway, and that was with the Baroness Rothschild and Robert Madavi and Margaret Beaver. That was really cool. And yeah, so that's a good example. Yeah, beautiful. But you know, and then I've been, you know, I've been a guest chef um, in China twice at the Pacific Club there on the 25th, 26th, 27th floor. And at night, I'd go over to Cologne and do the nighttime chef there. And that was a really great experience, actually, because over there, you the first week was just nothing but prep and then explaining how the dishes work and that. And it was we met some really great people, actually. Um, made um, Bob Sinclair, who did the great, beautiful cookbooks of China. Well, him and I just hit it off. And he, can I swear? Yes. <laughs> he, we hit it off and he invited me and my wife, Sabrina, to the party. Well, we get into the cab, we have to go to China, and then we go to one territory to another. Each territory, you change cabs. And we finally pull up in this embassy kind of place with the gates, and, he, and he's talking, Ken has a hole up here, so he's, Racha! You know, he goes, these fucking bastards. <laughs> Never forget it. And so we go in, and you got all these diplomats and, and, and ambassadors and all that. But it was fun. But that's kind of the thing that happened. I, we just hit it off. So I did that. Did a great Chefs of France series at Robert Mondavi twice with Chantois Gall, who's one of the greatest three-star Michelin chefs in the world. And now he's pretty young with that. But that also showed me what total professionalism is all about. And it's all about quality of the product not of you can't mask it. you have to start with a good product to make a good product or to make a great product and one of his sayings was he says Roger you can't make great food out of shit <laughs> <laughs> so that was and that was another great experience and he actually invited me over to France to work with him which I did for like two weeks and I was pretty young then but it was great a great experience so, and then I've done various restaurants and, and I also taught at Laney College for 15 years. So, and then I end up here at Cafe Sur 40, which I call the Norman Rockwell of the Napa Valley Cafes because it's, it's really homey, it's, it's unpretentious, 
You can be anybody, you can be a rock star, you can be a winemaker, you can be a guy from Wisconsin, anybody. Everybody fits in, everybody's welcome. The staff is incredibly friendly, um, food is really good. And, and it's a beautiful small town. You know, the town is just a gorgeous town, great little shops in it. And it's just a, it's a nice kind of a, I come from a small town and I end up in a small town. So for me, this is like, it's like full circle. And I, you know, I, I don't work in the line as much anymore because it's a young man's job. Like somebody to me handed me the baton. I had to hand the baton off, but I'm thrilled to death to be in the position I'm in. Beautiful. And, and you feel so warm and welcomed here. Right. You do. You walk in the door, you're like 10 million details, everything. And I love on your answering machine it says, we're open on these days and come in and we'll take care of you. And you feel that here. You feel like you're taken care of. Our like, number one goal is to make sure every time somebody walks out of this door that they're very happy. And we pretty much do whatever it takes. And fortunately, we don't really have any. They're always pretty happy because we work so hard to make that happen. We don't usually ever have any complaints. But. No, it's a beautiful place. So what is your favorite cuisine in the world? Yeah, that's a tough question. It's from, I really like a lot of everything. The only two things I don't like is alligator and turtle. Okay. <laughs> um, but for me, it's more about, I, I've really been dabbled, especially at the university club when I was there and at the Bohemian club, is I like to go dabble in all the cuisines from all over the world because they're all extremely different techniques and they're all great flavors going on with all different places. What I, what I really like though is one of the things is I really like cooking techniques and in, I really like braising foods because for one I feel like you really get the maximum amount of flavor and the food comes out tender but it gives you a lot of leeway to add some complex flavors onto the dish. Okay. So for me the best thing is I really prefer braising even though I'll do everything okay. but it, that's kind of I tend to like that style. That's awesome. I was going to ask you, what is like one like kitchen tool or skill that you think everybody should have? You know, you're, you, well, I'm going to say your knife skills for sure. Uh, and then your brain. You really have to be organized. You can't, you, you really have to be focused and you have to really use your ability to analyze. You have to have, use your taste buds, but you have to really, really have to focus. It's really important, but knife skills come in really handy. Yeah. And the other one actually is learning how to flip the saute pan. Okay. Because okay. that, those are two skills you're going to use very frequently, and it comes in very handy if you're not ending up on the floor cutting yourself. Right. You know. So. And what's your favorite knife? My favorite knife? I would say the French knife. French knife. It seems very versatile. You could do yeah. a lot with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I. Probably cut a million times and then some. Yeah. So, I mean, I like doing with my students when I do is I'll cut without looking because you're using your fingers to guide the knife. Right. Okay. And so I can, you know, I like to kind of look up and they go, "What is he doing?" Right. But it's uh, it's just for fun. They like it because in teaching you have to you have to you have to give them knowledge. You have to present them knowledge so that they can retain. But you have to do it so they're interested. If you bore them to death, you've lost them. So you really have to keep them engaged. And a little bit of humor or a story to go with it comes in pretty handy. Nice. And that way you succeed in teaching. Yeah. We all have our favorite teachers, right? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I bet you're on the list of many. I, 
<laughs> so when you're traveling, how do you decide where to eat and what to try? And you know, uh, it depends where I am. To be honest with you, if there's a certain place where I'm going for destination restaurants, yeah, because of their reputation, and I want to see what they're doing, or I may even know them, right? You know, and so. I want to go visit them or I want to go see what they're doing because the curiosity in food is as always there. Right. I mean, it's the, like the saying, the more I know, the more I don't know. Because it's so vast, so interesting, because there's so many ways to do different things that... And then the other way I like to do is sometimes I just like to go to like smaller towns like this. I would actually be searching out a small cafe like this because... I always kind of want to go to the mom and pop places. I'm not big on chain restaurants, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just, it's out of necessity if I ever had to. Right. Just, it's just different than when you go to uh, somebody's kind of homely, homey food. Right, right. So what do you eat at home when you're just, what's your like go-to thing you like to eat? Well, you know, it depends. You know, after you sit at home for two months because of the, there's nobody's working anything. You eat a lot of potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I usually do like what I really like to do is I like to have a salad about three nights a week. But my salads are, I don't know how different than anybody else's, but I like to roast off a lot of different vegetables or steam off vegetables. And I like to incorporate mostly vegetables. My dinners at home pretty much are like 80% vegetable. Oh, nice. But I do like to, like, I'll cook a chicken thighs, salmon, or some meat. And I'll incorporate that into the salad with some cheese. And I, to me, that's, I think it's yummy. Yeah. I love it because <laughs> I really like my vegetables. Yeah. But, I'll, you know, I like to eat a lot of things. You know, I'll cook dinners where I'll do braised short ribs or, you know, I, I'll usually cook for two days the meat and then add the fresh vegetables each night. Yeah. And. Okay. Um, I was going to ask. Do any of your friends ever invite you over for dinner? Or? Yeah, I get invited over for dinner. <laughs> okay, good. You know, half the time I end up in the kitchen with them, right? which is fine because yeah. I love being in there and I love sharing stuff with people. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's life, right? You're right. sharing with each other. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of times I get to be the guest, which is great. Yeah. You know, nice. yeah, they yeah. invite me. And, it's, yeah, and everybody, I think, say, just don't worry about it. I'm not here to right. judge anybody. Right. I'm here like you to enjoy, enjoy. friendship and, right. and things. But that's the main thing. I mean, I'm, not, I don't do, I'm not like that at all. No, I know. Maybe when I was 21 or 25 when <laughs> I didn't know better. Cool. Well, thank you so much. We have a couple of just really fun rapid-fire questions right. for you. All right. Uh, I didn't have to tell you some of the stories from the... <laughs> yeah, more stories. We love it. <laughs> What's your favorite story? What, what... Oh, boy. Uh, well, I hear one of the situations back to cooking, you know, when I was... First at the Bohemian Club, right out of college, we used to go up to Bohemian Grove on the weekends. And up there you do like 2,000 people for dinner. Well, on Friday afternoon, a truck would come in full of salmon. And I would literally fillet probably 100 salmons in a, like in the afternoon. And literally got to a point where I could almost do it blindfolded. I couldn't do it. I could do it blindfolded. So that was always interesting. Other times cool. we'd have New York strips, New York steaks. And trim those up, and there would be a pile as high as a, a hay bale, I mean, a haystack. I mean, that would be like 2,000 steaks. But the, the thing about it is I also had to do the grill, which was a uh, wood-burning stove, a wood-burning grill. Well, we used to put two five-pound, five-gallon buckets of ice water 
for our hands. Oh. Because when, you, when you're cooking a thousand steaks, it's hot. It's on you. That's that. Okay, I'm ready. All right, rapid fire. Where is your favorite travel destination? Ooh, good question. Um, you know, one of my favorite experiences <clears throat> was in going to France, the south of France with Ken Hom and Mark Franz from Fairlawns and Stars Restaurant. And there we got to go to all the, gar the farmers. We went to the vineyards. We got to cook dinner with grandma at, at the farmhouse. That was pretty special. And then my wife and I, after that, traveled a week in Paris where we walked the whole time, took one taxi. And that was the first night for one block because we didn't know where we were going. <laughs> nice. What is your pet peeve? Not being cleansy, not hygiene or uh, being messy. Gotcha. That, that, that'll drive me nuts. What is something you're deeply grateful for? You know, life, but uh, friendships. I have an absolute terrific family. I have really great friends. Uh, you know, I, I'm really very grateful about um, just appreciating what I have and what you can give. I'm more of a, I had really great parents where they, I got my, I gave my bed up a lot because they would help other people. And we thought that was normal and everybody does that. And that is something that's just resonated with me and I've been, been part of my life ever since I can remember. So I'm just pretty grateful about being alive and, and giving what I can give back. Yeah. What is your favorite food? Ew. A good roast chicken's always good. I do like short ribs. Short ribs are great. Uh, uh, what is something most people don't know about you? That I won a lot of foosball tournaments. <laughs> I won a lot of pool tournaments. Because <laughs> nice. I grew up in a bar and a restaurant as a child. And so cleaning up the bar was one of my jobs. But I also found time to be able to play pool and, and that. So a lot of people don't know that. I was on a ski team for the Bank of America for a year, way back when, way back when. And I won one softball championship. Woohoo! So I was awesome. a little bit of a jock as a child. Nice. So, awesome. Competitive spirit. Right. Must have came out in the food thing, too. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, You're Roger, welcome. for your time today. We've just been, it's just been delightful talking yeah, to you, as always. Yeah, it's great to see you. Great to see you. I mean, great to been, see you. one of my favorite people. <laughs> she's you so, mind. She's the most awesome. We had some, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, I mean, just playful fun, too, with the ping pong and everything. 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 Oh my gosh. I'll never forget on my um, wedding day, like we were on the dance floor and it was all the people dancing, you know, the, the bridal party. And um, so everybody came up to the floor and everybody in my bridal party was dancing with, with somebody. And I just kind of stood there for one second and a half and Roger came running up to me and he's like, took me and we danced and you know you just that noticed one almost brings tears yeah <laughs> it was such a special moment so thank course, you always looking person. out for me oh, so thank you all right i always cry about happy things i'm yeah i'm a crier too. for happy me too me too <laughs> <laughs> but i can't watch tv a lot right <laughs> no the hallmark shows exactly all right thank you thank you so much you're welcome 
Thank you for joining us for the Fab Podcast Series, where we explore bringing fashion, adventure, beauty into our everyday lives. We would love to hear from you, and we welcome your thoughts, comments, and encouragement. If you have favorite tips about one of these topics, please let us know, and we'll certainly respond to you. We are interested in what you're looking to learn more about in these three categories, so please send us your questions and suggestions, and we'll be sure to reply to them all. If you enjoyed this program, please take a quick moment to like this video or share with a friend on Instagram. Until next time, we wish you fashion, adventure, beauty.